Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights I made it down the coast in 17 hours Picking me a bouquet dogwood flowers And I'm hoping for Riley I can see my baby tonight Alright, bringing you in on a little wagon wheel there The original wagon wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show The best version of wagon wheel in my opinion Oh yeah uh, if you don't know, now you know. It's a good drinking song, and we're doing some drinking and some football talking here on the Gin Jag Podcast, so thought we'd bring you in with the little wagon wheel there. Uh, thanks for joining us today. This is the 71st episode of the Gin Jag Podcast. We have a dead period edition of the show on our hands. We're hot and heavy into the dead period now. Jaguars completed mandatory minicamp a couple of weeks ago and are now off until late July. The team won't be fully back together until July 25th when they have to report for camp. First practice together will not be until July 26th as a complete team. Of course, the quarterbacks, young players, will start rolling in a little bit before everyone else. But the team will be there as a whole, hopefully, assuming there's no bad news that happens, (laughs) July 25th. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by my co-host, Scott Klein. Uh, Our third co-host, Hunter Evans, is still on daddy duty, can't be with us today. Go give him a hard time for not being here, for being uh, 
A good dad. Yeah. Quotes. A good dad. <laughs> I'm sure that that's exactly what his uh, beautiful wife thinks. But go give him a hard time on Twitter at Coach H underscore Evans. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein one And you can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Before we start talking about the Jaguars, because ex- exactly what you want is to come listen to a Jaguars show where we're not talking about the Jaguars. Yeah. That's we're both awesome. Orlando Magic fans, and Scott is a <laughs> Texas Longhorn fan. And the Magic, uh, with the sixth overall pick in the NBA draft last week, took Mo Bamba out of Texas. Uh, I'm sure... The Jaguars could find a way to use him somehow with that seven foot ten wingspan. Oh yeah, just just, just, just stand go there stand and block in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, just go catch the ball, or maybe just stand there on the defensive line <laughs> yeah. trying to bat balls down the line. But I think we're both excited about that. I think Love maybe it. some potential for some actual hope down in Orlando. I'm sure some of our listeners are also a Magic fans, so. We're both excited about that, and the NFL doesn't have a whole lot to offer us right now, so we're pretty pumped about the Magic in Mo Bamba. Seven okay. foot, seven foot ten wingspan, has the ability to shoot the ball, three point seven blocks a game, can score a little bit, can absolutely rebound all day. So hopefully, with uh, him combined with Jonathan Isaac at power forward, combined with Aaron Gordon, they've got a lot of athleticism, mm-hmm. a lot of length. Assuming they're able to bring back Aaron Gordon. But uh, now we've definitely dived far too much into the Orlando <laughs> Magic, and we'll get back to the Jaguars. Uh, this episode, as is every episode, presented by Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. They've got a lovely selection of beers for us today from their downtown location. We've got the Duval Devil. We've got the Gentleman Rye. And we've got a special pop-top beer coming up later in the show. Um... Thanks to them. Thanks to Brandon again for coming through with the good handwriting. Two weeks in a row. We can actually read the labels here. Uh, So that's always clutch. And uh, go uh, check them out at their downtown location on East Bay Street or at their original tap room in Riverside on Roselle. Thanks to them, as always. Uh, Jinjag membership presale has been going on all month. It ends July 30th. You can become a member after July 30th, but you'll have to pay full price. There's three days left to get your membership at a discounted rate of $40. You get to eat and drink for free at every tailgate. Plus, you get a member card that gets you discounts at local establishments. You get a t-shirt, koozie, and sticker. Duval Skyline shirts are now out on the website. You can go get them right now. Sam Design featured on the Duval Trucker hat on a black t-shirt. <coughs> Exciting stuff. I'm rocking mine right now. Uh, we've got the Wake and Blake 2.0 that still just came out last week. It's all white. That's a fun shirt. Duval Trucker Hat pre-orders are still available, and they will be shipped next week. So if you order yours now, you'll be getting it sooner than a lot of people have. They've been waiting on theirs for a minute. Um, If you like this show, please give us a review on the iTunes podcast app. It would help us greatly as we continue to grow our audience. We've been getting in some more reviews every week. We really appreciate that. The more reviews we can get, the more people we can reach. Uh, make sure to check out our boy UCF Jaguar on YouTube and Twitter for the best Jaguars video content on the web. He's also got an Instagram page now where he uploads uh, all of his latest videos to his bio. So you can just quickly find it, the latest videos via Instagram or YouTube, whatever you want to do. Um, you can find all his videos and all of our ad-free Jaguars content as well as our gear at genjag.com. And uh, we're the only place on the web you can get ad-free Jaguars content. <laughs> Only place anywhere, really. Not just on the web. Web, 
TV, anything like that. So we're really proud of that. We're going to continue to do that. We hate when we are going on websites and get spammed by all sorts of ads. It's hard to exit out of them on your mobile phone. There's videos that pop up while you're at work. You're like trying to hide the fact yeah. that you're on a, on a news website. Videos are playing. It's very frustrating. So we're going to continue to do that. Really appreciate everyone's support. Uh, we have a lot to get into this week. Top 100 concluded. Uh, six Jaguars made the list. Probably several more should have made the list. Jalen Ramsey spoke on NFL Network. Um, he also had a little back and forth with an SB Nation blog, not named Big Cat Country. Um, he got some good news on the Madden 19 uh, ratings front. Calais Campbell is going to be featured in an HBO show this year. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to get into that's kind of not real news, but just fun little things to talk about as Jaguars fans. And then we are going to get into part one of our 2018 dead period position previews. We're going to cover quarterbacks and wide receivers today. Very in-depth look at each position group and kind of give a give some statistics, some Thoughts, feelings, where they've been, where they should be uh, moving forward, and just get real in-depth with each of those position groups. We're going to do that in the latter half of the show. So it should be a really good one. We're excited. I'm excited, at least. I don't know if Scott's excited. Yeah. Get yeah. the ball rolling. I guess I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's we took a week off. There hasn't been much news. I'm ready yeah. to rock. Now, one Jaguars news site did come out with the idea of potentially trading Dante Fowler for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want to talk about that per se, but the idea of trading Dante Fowler in general I do think is worth talking about. Mm-hmm. This wasn't in our notes, but I just remembered it, so I think we should talk about it real quick. Um, what do you see as the pros and cons of trading Dante Fowler? Obviously, the reason you would trade him is to get value from him before he becomes a free agent and before you probably have to let him walk because you can't pay him Unique Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, and the rest of the D-line. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's where it's headed. Um, they, I know they think that he can add something to this team. And shipping off a commodity like that in a year where you... It's Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this it, it feels like this is the year to get it done. Um, it would be hard to pull the trigger because I, I know they like him a lot. Um, it would have to be... I don't think they would trade for somebody who would, right now, be a backup. Right. I mean, Blake Bortles is the guy. He just signed a new contract. Um Teddy Bridgewater could come in and very well beat up uh, Blake Bortles, but it's not for sure. And uh-huh. then, I mean, you would have to get an impact or insane value in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at minimum of a second round pick. Yeah. And is a team going to give that up for a guy that A, has only had one really good season, mm-hmm. B, has only ever been a rotational pass rusher, and C, only has one year left on his deal, and then they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. And I'm going to add a D. There's some weird question marks about what's going on with him right now. Yeah, he's he's a strange person, it seems like, off the field. And definitely and I mean has some maturity questions. Maybe on the injury front. Yeah, he's also got a unknown injury that the Jaguars don't have to comment on. 
Um, and there's no confirmation that he'll even be ready for the start of training camp. Yeah, apparently he's lost quite a noticeable amount of, of, of bulk in his upper body, which is interesting. It's gonna, we're going to eventually find out what yeah. it is. I mean, I think even if he was completely healthy, the play this year is to keep him and try to win the Super yeah. Bowl and try to have him as a rotational pass rusher that got eight sacks in the regular season, made a lot of big plays, made two sacks in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, he was the, arguably the most consistent defensive lineman in, that, in game. that game. Yeah, so I think you keep him when you try to win the Super Bowl with the dominant defensive line this year. Yeah, and if if he does ball out and you can, you can sign him if you want, if he goes elsewhere, maybe you get a compensatory pick out of him. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I it would take a lot for me to trade that guy. I'd be shocked if anything happened with him. Yeah, absolutely. Shocked. In, unless he starts out, yeah, yeah. It's it would take a lot. It really yeah. would. Certainly would. Now getting into the top one hundred, that concluded this week. No Jaguars were in the top ten, but there were two Jaguars in the top twenty that came out the week prior. Calais Campbell came in at number fourteen. Jalen Ramsey came in at number seventeen. Uh, and weeks past, AJ Boye came in at thirty-five. Leonard Fournette at fifty-eight. Telvin Smith at sixty-seven. And Unique Ngakwe at eighty-eight. All of those guys deserve to be on the list. I think there's no question about that. I think you could argue that Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey should be higher. Calais Campbell came in second in defensive MVP voting or defensive player of the year voting. He came in second in the NFL in sacks. Uh, he took a defense that was pretty good in 2016 and made them the best defense in the NFL in 2017. Changed the complete mindset of seemingly the entire team uh, in terms of just the winning mindset helped to anyways with you know the addition of him Doug Marone as head coach Tom Coughlin as EVP several other changes they really helped create the culture that was established last year Jalen Ramsey he was the best cornerback in football best defensive back in football uh, no one rated higher than him as a defensive back Is defensive back so undervalued that the best defensive back should be 17th on the list? It's strange. There was, I mean, it shows, if you look a little bit higher on that list, you see how many quarterbacks are just in the top five, top eight. How many of them did he help shut down? Yeah. You know, I get it. Quarterback is number one, but if quarterback's number one, probably wide receiver is number two. Who's trying to stop those guys? Yeah, Who did a Jaylen damn Ramsey. good job? <laughs> <laughs> so, I get Jalen Ramsey's frustration. We'll talk about his frustration with not being rated higher and DBs not finishing any higher than they did a little bit later. Uh, AJ Boye probably got what he deserved. I mean, you can make an argument he's better than number 35, but there's there's definitely 34 great players in front of him on the list. And I, I think he, he was the third yeah, Corner. Patrick Peterson's the only one rated higher, so, yeah. besides Jim. Uh, Leonard Fournette probably came in a little high on the list, but his swagger on the field, his attitude on the field, his touchdown celebrations, his ridiculous size-speed-power combo, it all just added up. And this, and I think the fact that this was by, by the players yeah. helps, because 
somebody looked at the stats, so they'd be like, oh, yeah, average point nine yards per carry. Yeah, but they, they had to tackle this guy. Yeah. They saw first-hand experience about three touchdowns at Heinz Field in the divisional round mm-hmm. helped the Jaguars advance to the AFC Championship. No question about it. I think with some better offensive line play in 2018, he's going to have a monster year, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, Telvin Smith, 67, probably fair. Weak side linebackers don't get a lot of love. And Pro Bowl voting, etc. Um, he might be better than 67, but if you're in the top 100, you're a well-respected player. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, a yeah. ton of players oh, in the yeah. NFL. So, uh, Unique Ngakwe, 88, led the league in strip sacks, probably needs to finish higher. Really didn't come onto the scene nationally until this year, though. As a rookie, he had a nice, impressive year getting eight sacks, but um, he really leaped onto the scene this year. Maybe some people will actually know how to pronounce his name next year. <laughs> Maybe he'll finish a little bit higher if he continues to improve. I think I think him and Fournette should have been switched. Um, I think Fournette was a little bit high. Unique is, I think, way too low. Um, he's in the top 100, and I feel like he's still underrated. Yeah. And no one talks about him. It's He's, he's just going to keep... Proving it, and this guy, throughout the off season, you can tell. I mean, he never stops. No. He's gonna do whatever he can, and he's gonna make people realize. Yeah, this and they will for real. They will, no doubt. Now, while the Jaguars did have six players on the list, which is awesome, most of any team besides the Rams, but several of the Rams guys were additions throughout the off season, so they didn't play for the Rams last year. So we're giving it to the Jaguars there. But there were some snubs. I think there's two absolutely legit snubs that definitely should have been on there. Malik Jackson, defensive tackle position, eight sacks, three passes deflected, four forced fumbles, 40 tackles. How is that man not yeah. on top one? I mean, he got overshadowed by Calais Campbell and Ngakwe, quite clearly, I think. Yeah. And just the ridiculous cornerbacks on the team. Yeah, I mean... Will it to me? It was similar to the Cinderic Marks season, where everyone went nuts and was like, "Oh, this Cinderic Marks is." Well, Cinderic did make it. Yeah, and that's he what I'm saying. Top 100. Yeah, they had about a similar year, but you also had, you have other people who are just like just took it even a step further to make to almost diminish what he did, yeah. which was already a great year on its own. Yeah, he started slow. Um, Really, really had a strong end of the season. Should have made it. I mean, yeah. No. Had he been at his top level prior to the Jets game, which was still early in the season, but the games before that, he really wasn't as good as he was after the Jets game. Had he been playing at that level all season, he probably would end up with about twelve sacks. He would have been impossible to leave off the list. But it is what it is. Second guy, how does Andrew Norwell not make the top 100? Yeah, He's first team all pro. Bizarre. 564 pass snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero hits allowed on his quarterback. Not good enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get better. It's crazy. First team all pro. Oh, offensive lineman gets snubbed. I, I know, mean, but first team all pro. Yeah. Like, this was the best guard in football last year. He's not on the list. Yeah. I've. I, 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 it's the same thing with well, it's different than Malik Jackson because he was the best. Yeah, I mean, I mean Malik Jackson was top five at his position easily, but Andrew yeah. Norwell was the best. That just uh, shows you the, the position he plays. It's just it's not as valued. Yeah, 
Brandon but, Linder, who also plays guard, well, guard slash center. He played center last year, uh, and he'll probably continue to play center here in the future. He had zero sacks allowed as well. Only two hits allowed on Blake Bortles. Uh, that's a guy who's deserving of a top 100 vote. Of course, he doesn't have the national cachet that that Andrew Norwell does playing with Cam Newton in Carolina. But he, he deserves to be there, absolutely. And I think two guys that you could talk about deserving to be in the top 100, if you're going to put a ha-ha Clinton Dix in the top 100... Tashawn Gibson and Barry Church both had fantastic regular seasons. Uh, Tashawn Gibson, four interceptions, five total turnovers, 64 tackles, seven passes defended. Barry Church, four interceptions, one and a half sacks, 72 tackles, a touchdown, and eight passes defended. Both of these guys probably deserve to be somewhere in the 90s. I mean, they were key cogs to what was absolutely the best secondary in football. Yeah, I mean, we're really on the fringe here. If it was a top 125... They'd yeah. probably all be on the list. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that just shows you how crazy this roster is right now. Yeah. And how much of a jump we've taken since last year. Yeah, but, I mean, just looking at those numbers, I mean, yeah, those are, it's, and how they play, those are guys that probably deserve, at least one of them deserves to be on the list. And every, every one of these guys is basically on the second tier on our own team. Right. And so, that's yeah. one of the reasons they did not make the yeah. list. So, it is what it is. Um Top 100's fun. It's a fun off-season activity. Keeps fans engaged. Doesn't mean anything. So yeah. don't get too hyped it's up a popular worried about contest. it. But you'd like to see these guys on there. Um, getting to some more NFL Network content. Jalen Ramsey was on NFL Network this week. Per usual, he had some fantastic sound bites. Uh, he criticized how low he and other DBs finished in the top 100. We already covered that a little bit. I think it's a fair criticism considering that you're in a passing league mm-hmm. and they do the best job at stopping the pass. Yeah. Directly. I mean, you know. Um, he also, which was more noteworthy nationally, said that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't belong in the top 100. He only played five games. I get it. Uh he had this to say about Jimmy Garoppolo's performance specifically against the Jaguars. He said it was a lot of scheme stuff. It wasn't like he was dicing us up. I tend to agree with Jalen there. Uh, Niners Nation, which is an SB Nation blog, uh, they actually called Ramsey out for his comments, but they didn't at him. Subtweeting. And Ramsey took a little offense to that. He responded to Niners Nation saying, at me next time. Jimmy is good. I said that. Fair enough. But based off our game, only one wide receiver had more than 25 yards on us. Most of that came off one catch for 24 yards. He used the fullback and tight ends for big gains off play action, and their running game was also good that game. That scheme learned some. Then he left him with a peace sign. Uh, I don't even want to get into Jalen criticizing the fact that they weren't coached up properly for this, which I do agree I think that that's absolutely interesting. Mm. They were not prepared to play the 49ers that week. Yeah. Defensively. They weren't ready for it. Yeah. Uh, as a team. Obviously, you can put a lot of that on the players, but I don't think that they had the right defensive game plan and were not able to adjust to what the 49ers were doing to attack them. Uh, and I just I agree with Ramsey's logic. You know? I, I think he's absolutely spot on. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, just if you look at the game... Clearly, he can make all the throws. Do I think he's... I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. 
Like, probably a Pro Bowl quarterback. Six games or five games or whatever it was. There should be like a minimum. It's like it's like the guy who it's like the quarterback that comes in plays one game. It goes five for five, and he's got a hundred percent completion percentage. If, he's not going to be at the top of the stats. If Jimmy Garoppolo can be on the top one hundred, Carson Wentz should be MVP. Yeah, Carson Tinker should be in the top one. <laughs> Shout out. I mean, yeah, and uh, Carson Tinker seems to be healthy. Good. Seems awesome. to be on his way back to being the Jaguars' long snapper and maybe a special teams captain. Again. Good. But uh, you know, Ramsey. Getting back to just Jalen in general, this guy, only 23 years old. He's already the second biggest star, in my opinion, the Jaguars have ever had. I still think Maurice Jones-Drew in his prime had a slightly bigger uh, spotlight on him than nationally, and a lot of that has to do with fantasy football. Uh, a lot of guys really loved having Mojo on their fantasy yeah. team for a few years. And, you know, he was a running back. He was scoring lots of long touchdowns. He was always in the spotlight. And he was the only bright spot on the team at the time for a good portion of his career. Uh, Now, I I think Ramsey has a lot of football ahead of him and should easily become a bigger star than Mojo. And, in my opinion, should be the biggest star in franchise history. Um, He might not be the best player in franchise history. He very well might be. (laughs) But Tony Vaselli, I think, is definitely the best player. Fred Taylor, you can't argue with either to be considered amongst the best. Jimmy was fantastic. Uh, but after that, you're looking at Jalen Ramsey right now, in my yeah. opinion. He's in probably the fourth year. best player at 23 years old that the Jaguars have ever had. That's insane. It shows you how bright his future is. Yeah. I mean, if, if he was an offensive player putting up big numbers... He's I got mean, everything. He's got like the... Flashy playmaking ability. He's mm-hmm. got the swag, the trash talk. Uh, he's just got it all. Yeah. The consistency. And that's one of the reasons that he is the highest rated defensive back in Madden 19. 96 overall. Only five players are rated in front of him. Each one of them deserving. I believe it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Luke Keekley, uh, Antonio Brown, and one other guy. So, I mean, they're all deserving. Yeah. There. Um Calais Campbell, he's going to be featured on Ballers, the HBO show this season, featuring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, among others. Uh, I think that's a fun show. I don't think it's necessarily like a mind-blowing or riveting show or anything, but it's entertaining. It's yeah, like Entourage. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like good a, show. It's like a 30-minute. It's done by the just, same people as yeah. Entourage. Like, it's a good, fun show to watch, mm-hmm. lighthearted most of the time. Some, there's definitely some serious stuff that happens, but Calais Campbell's going to be on the show this season. Kicks off August 12th. That's going to be really exciting to see. And um, that's going to do it for our news and notes from around Jaguars land. We're about to get into our positional preview, but first we're going to get into our Pop Top segment for the week. We've got a really exciting beer here from Bold City Brewery. You can find them online again at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Before we get into the Pop Top, we have to chug our beers real quick. So give us a moment. All right. This is the Crimson American. Yeah. We got some facts for you on the Crimson American. Right. Berliner Weiss. Oh, that's good. Berliner Weiss. It's a kettle soured with blood orange and ginger. 
Has a tart, sweet flavor with a little spice from the wow. ginger. So we're about to crack into this. I'm excited. 3% alcohol, so it's definitely on the lighter side, but sounds like it has some good flavor here. What's the pour? Mmm. Good color. I love the look of beer. Yeah, I like to fun. inspect a beer. Lately, I've really been enjoying looking at the like hazy beers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a bit of a wow. This one's kind of golden. You can taste the uh, the blood oranges. You can taste them. And ginger. And ginger. Oh yeah, there, there here comes the ginger. <laughs> it's got an interesting taste. Comes at you after a little bit. Yeah, it like it hits you with the oranges, and then it kind of slowly evolves as you drink it. It's. It's a beautiful thing. I could drink that all They're making so many different things down there. I know. So much fun stuff at the downtown location. You can also check out their original location, Roselle and Riverside. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery. Um, Getting back to Jaguars. We've got a very in-depth positional preview to give everyone. We are only going to be able to get to quarterbacks and wide receivers today because of just how in-depth we're trying to get with this. We don't want to just give you your typical breakdown of both positions or of every, we're going to do every position on the team, but we don't want to just do the basics. We want to really get in depth with what this player has been as on each position, what the position's looking like as a whole, where they can go, how they can improve, how they should produce in 2018. And so we're going to go ahead and start off with quarterback, the most important position in sports. Yep. Bottom line, I don't care what you say. It's not close. And uh, Blake, the boat, Bortles, is the Jaguars' starting quarterback. He's coached by Nate Hackett, who works closely closely with the quarterback, obviously. Um, I would say it's easy to say that for an offensive coordinator, which Nate Hackett is, your most important position to coach up on a daily basis is quarterback. Yeah. You're designing your whole system around your quarterback, what that quarterback can do, what plays you're running every week are based on what your quarterback can do. So that's why I say coached by Nate Hackett and Scott Milanovich, the quarterback coach. Milanovich has been with the Jaguars since 2017. Last season was his first year. Uh, He... Did a good job, I think, with Blake Bortles, allowing him to be the quarterback he needs to be for his skill set, but also trying to improve little things like his uh, just his drop back. And I think mechanically he yeah. was able to, to stay consistent and not fall into them. Because we saw him work a little bit on his, on his uh, delivery the prior season. Yeah. And it... Looked all right to the beginning of the season, and then it got worse and right. worse and worse and worse. And, of course, they talked about him having an injury throughout that whole season. Yeah. And, and last year he had a hand injury all year, but it didn't really hinder him from having his best season as a pro. Um, I think both Nate Hackett and Milanovic have done a good job with him. Both of their first years full-time were last year. Of course, Nate Hackett took over midway through the season in 2016, for uh, he who will not be named, <laughs> who somehow, yeah, Greg Olson, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> Blake Bortles, 
I'm assuming everyone that listens to this podcast knows about him, but he's a big athletic quarterback with a strong arm, very good at running the ball. Uh, again, strong arm. He can make every throw on the field. He doesn't always make them consistently, but his arm, strength, he has the ability to make every throw on the field. And he also has the ability to make the touch passes. You've seen him make every throw that a quarterback can make. Uh, a lot of times in the past, it's been ducks, but he's not going to be throwing perfect strikes every time in terms of the uh, the spin on the ball, I should say. I yeah. Guess. You know, it might look a little wobbly, but it usually gets where it needs to go. Yeah, and there's a reason why he was third overall. Yeah, third overall. I mean, pick. he's got all all the talents and all the abilities that you want a quarterback to have. Now, it's being able to embrace those and use those consistently that's really hindered him for most of his career. Yeah. Now, he's coming off his best season as a pro. Yes. 23 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Five of those interceptions were in the last two games after the Jaguars already clinched their playoff spot. I personally think that the team was coasting the last two games, Mm -hmm. just ready for the playoffs. I would like to see them not coast. I mean, if you're going to be out there playing, which most of the starters were for both of those games, go out and bust your tail. And And a killer instinct is acquired. It's yeah. not I mean it's not like something that right. everyone This had. was a team that was on the come up last year. They yeah. did not have any success prior to last season over the last 10 years. So like before any of these players were even in Jacksonville. So it is acquired. I think Calais Campbell's helping with that. I think the experience from last year will help with that on the whole team, but uh the killer instinct for Bortles was there in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He along with the rest of the offense and the rest of the Bills offense and Tyrod Taylor in the divisional round of the playoffs, there was just no offense to be found. Both defenses played well. It was really windy. It was really cold in Jacksonville that day. But Bortles rushed for 88 yards against the Bills that game, threw one touchdown pass, no interceptions, helped the team find the end zone the only time that day any team found the end zone. And um, carried the team with his legs. Yeah, in the second half, he really took over on the ground. And uh, that's a gutsy performance. Maybe not an impressive in terms of passing the ball, but certainly gutsy. You could criticize him for his lack of ability to get the ball down the field in that game. But when it mattered most, he got it done that game. And to me, like watching the game, it didn't look like they were really had their foot on the gas. It seemed like they were comfortable letting like, their defense We're going to win this dictate. game on defense and just yeah. score enough to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next game against the Steelers in the playoffs, threw for 214 yards on 26 attempts, a touchdown and no interceptions. He had another 35 yards on the ground that game. I mean, he was ripping apart the Steelers' defense. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, it, was, it wasn't necessarily he was dominating the entire game. It's just he made such clutch plays, and in the big moments, moments, he made huge plays, getting third downs, continually moving the chains. Yeah, Um, the defense wasn't doing them that many favors, so it was basically him, especially in the second half. Yeah, it was basically him and Leonard Fournette, and obviously the rest of the wide receivers and everything. But he looked like he looked like the guy he was in December. Yeah. 
Um, just and then he even followed it up the next game and looked even better. Right. Yeah. In the next game against the Patriots, he threw for 293 yards on 36 attempts, another touchdown, no interceptions. He had a clean slate in terms of interceptions in the playoffs, and that that's awesome to see. I think that encouraged a lot of Jaguars fans, as it should. I think it also kind of showed a lot of the national media, maybe this guy isn't the uh, the lame duck quarterback that everybody thinks he is. And uh, it, I think it ultimately earned him an, another contract. There was, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the, I think it was one of the national writers or an estimation writer. Um, put up, asked the question, to, to, or he said, rank the, the four quarterbacks in the AFC South. And Blake Bortles was behind a guy who hasn't played in two years. Andrew Luck. A guy who looked absolutely terrible last year. Marcus Mariota. And just completely didn't fit the offense. And a guy who played very well in six games. But not against the Jaguars. Not against Deshaun the Jaguars. Deshaun Watson. So, it, and it, every What was single, his record against those teams last year? I think. It was 4-2. and two. Won a lot of those. The Titans, the Titans whipped the Jaguars. Not because year. of Mariota. No, not because of Marcus Mariota. But uh, the Titans are a whole other story that we will certainly cover later this offseason as the season approaches. Uh, the Jaguars need to overcome that hurdle this year. Jaguars still won the division, but losing twice to the Titans is just unacceptable when you have more talent than they do. Yeah. It, it, it just seemed like the first, the first time they played, it was just they, they, got, they got punched in the mouth. Late in the game, Henry just started running over them, yeah. and it snowballed. At the end of the season, I don't think they were really interested in getting in a fight with the team when the next week they're looking at the playoff game. Yeah. And they really did show some fight at the end of the Titans game. Yeah. But they weren't there early. No, it's they it's like, there. all right, well, we're here. Let's go out and whatever happens, happens. And then they, at the end, they're like, oh, we might lose. <laughs> right. I think they definitely thought they were going to win that one. Um, before we get into what Bortles has done, or what Bortles, what we predict Bortles to do and kind of what he's done this offseason so far... One key thing I want to point out about Bortles and how well he's done in the red zone. Uh, a lot of people do not realize this, but Blake Bortles over the last two seasons has 37 passing touchdowns to two interceptions in the red zone. 37 to two in the red zone. Yeah, he's, it's, been, it's, it's one of those strange things where he's just absolutely lights out. And he's done that with limited options. Yeah, not really a in red In 2017, throw. he had nothing. Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver core was depleted. Mercedes Lewis is your top tight end. And he balled. He had 18 touchdowns and no interceptions in 2017. 2016, yeah, he had Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns at his disposal for a lot of the year. But uh, he did 18-2 and two that year. Or excuse me, 19-2 and two that year. Was fantastic again. The only quarterbacks in the NFL that have done better over that two-season stretch, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees in the red zone. Yeah. If that doesn't make you scratch your head, I don't know what will. That's just mind-blowing. And like, Bortles has been the fifth-best red zone quarterback over the last two seasons. And it's not like we had 
a reliable running game that we could just punch the ball in yeah. and run a play action every now and then to get it free. And he's free been more consistent than all of them. Rodgers, Brady, Ryan, and Breeze each over the last two seasons had one spectacular season in the red zone and fell off during the other season. Bortles' numbers of 18 and 19 touchdowns beat each one of those guys in one of the two seasons. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just impressive. Yeah, he's, he's got his knack. He's just got to be able to get there. Now, <laughs> moving forward, this will be his first time in his career that he'll have the same offensive system for two consecutive seasons. Be with Nate Hackett again. He'll be with Scott Milanovic again. He'll be with the same everything. Uh, I mean, the wide receivers are going to be a bit different. He'll still have Marquise Lee, obviously. He'll still have Keelan Cole, uh, D.D. Westbrook, maybe some of the other guys that he's worked with in the past. Probably not. But he'll have the same offensive system to work with. He'll have the same quarterback coach. He'll have the same offensive coordinator, same head coach. And uh, I think it's going to be... That can only be encouraging. Yeah, I mean, it's a comfort level just doing the same things. Because the NFL isn't about yards. It's not about feet. It's a game of inches. Yeah. If you aren't exactly where your quarterback is. Especially the thinks, quarterback position. Yeah. If, you're, if your wide receiver isn't exactly where you think he's going to be at the exact moment he's supposed to be there... It's an incomplete, incomplete pass. It's it's such a tough, finite, just touch game. They having the the same playbook, having the same players, knowing just having the past experience of everything, knowing timing. It's huge, right? I mean, it it can it can only benefit to just have continuity. Yeah, especially when you're coming off your best season as a pro. Um, speaking of continuity, he was able to work with Tom House in California and the rest of the crew out there at 3D QB uh, camp. And his two best seasons, 2015 and 2017, he was able to work out there in California uh, during the offseason. He did that again this year. He also met up with Marquise Lee out there this year, establishing even more chemistry with a receiver who he said is his favorite receiver to throw the ball to. That bodes well for his 2018 season. Um, he's been, again, an excellent playmaker in the red zone and an excellent playmaker all over the field. The Jaguars' offensive line has done a pretty good job of keeping him clean over the last two seasons, even though the three seasons prior they were absolutely abysmal at keeping him clean. But still, he's been able to make some plays that weren't there. You know, he's been able to escape some immediate pressures to either throw an incompletion or actually make a great play down the field or escape the pocket and get some yards himself. It was like there was a play in the uh, in the um, the Bills game where it looked like he had just fumbled the snap on a screenplay. And a, sc- a screenplay, obviously, Lyman's just letting the guy go and going and getting upfield to block. He just picks it up, outruns the dude who's just bearing down on him, mm-hmm. and gets it up for a first down. I think it was a late, late first down in, in the fourth quarter too, 
to just put that much more pressure on. I mean, having a guy that's capable of doing something like that, making something out of nothing with his feet. Yeah. There's a there's a handful of guys that can do that. I mean, Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers used to be like that. I don't know how. I'm not saying that as much anymore. But yeah, in terms of guys that can be consistent throwers of the football, which Bortles hasn't really proven to be yet, there's certainly been games where he's inconsistent. But having a guy that, when you're in a pinch, can get you the yards on the ground, it's big time. Mm -hmm. Like, Like we just mentioned, he does have faults. He goes through rough stretches in games where it looks like he can't complete anything. It's insane. And I was screaming at my TV when there's nine guys in the box and you still can't beat them through the air. Yeah. And, I mean, there might be... You might be able to blame that on the inexperience at receiver last year, Mm -hmm. the injuries at receiver last year. Um, He struggled throughout his entire career, though, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, Of course... He did help them more than hurt them in the playoffs last year in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But he needs to get better at that. He needs to be able to have his best drive of the game in the fourth quarter when the team needs it. When it's a one-score game and you have the ball, he's got to be like a closer. He's got to be able to seal the deal. Yep. No question about it. And the Jaguars likely are not going to be involved in as many blowouts as they were last year. They just killed some teams last year. There's going to be probably more games this year where they need to win the game in the fourth quarter, and Blake's going to have to answer the bell. Of course, it's possible that that doesn't happen. I mean, the defense could be even better than they were last year with the addition of Taven Bryan, with Marcel Darius having a full year under his belt, uh, with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye having another year under their belt, uh, with the addition of Ronnie Harrison and Cody Davis. But, you know... It seems unlikely that they'll have as many sacks and as many turnovers. So I think that having Blake improve in the fourth quarter would be absolutely huge. Uh, He needs to continue to reduce the plays that could lead to potential turnovers. He's turned the ball ball over a lot in his career. We know that. He cut down on the interceptions each of the last two years. Really, last year was impressive in terms of interceptions outside of the last two games. The San Diego game. Oh, really? Right, and that's interceptions and fourth quarter. It was in the last two minutes. Right. Last two minutes of the game through two interceptions. I believe the Jaguars are the only team in NFL history to win <laughs> after throwing two interceptions in the last two minutes of the game. Thank you, AJ Boye. Um, but, uh, again, yeah, fourth quarter and turnovers. One thing that kind of goes unnoticed about his playoff performance, had four fumbles in the playoffs all of which the Jaguars recovered. So the fumble issue needs to be addressed, and part of that has to do with having too much pressure on him at times. But you got to keep the ball high and tight. you got to not fumble the ball. And hopefully having Andrew Norwell, having second-year Cam Robinson, Brandon Linder still there, Jeremy Parnell still there, hopefully Will Richardson can beat AJ, AJ Cam, in my mind. I mean... Yeah. That's a conversation for another day, but the offensive line should be improved in pass protection and run blocking. So hopefully you would see that reduced if Bortles can continue to develop as a guy that can protect the ball. So, that's a good 15 minutes on Blake Bortles. I think we've covered pretty much everything there is to cover with him. Moving on to the second string quarterback, Cody Kessler. 
I really like the Jaguars trading for him. They gave up conditional seventh round pick, so if he ends up not making the team or even doesn't make the team uh, or doesn't stick with the team through eight games, uh, they give up nothing for him. And uh, in my opinion, he's a guy that has shown a lot of potential. Former third round pick of the Cleveland Browns, he's only 25 years old, has eight starts under his belt, six touchdown passes, three interceptions, nearly 64% completion percentage, which is Pretty damn good, especially considering he was playing on a lowly Browns offense. Yeah, um, He's still learning the Jaguars system, but he offers more potential in my mind than Chad Henney did in previous years. Certainly potential. I think he offers more right now than Chad Henney did. I, I think they're very similar. I don't think there's much of a drop-off, if any, from Chad Henney, um, just because he's younger. Um, he's, I feel like... He's, he's had experience. I mean, he started eight games in 2016, um, played in three last year. Um, doesn't have the biggest arm. Um, does a lot. Did Clearly seems to be an accurate guy. I mean, throwing 64% on a terrible team. Um, you'd li- I would have liked to see him make more plays. It was very... Whenever I had got stuck watching a Browns game... It was so much like, just do something, you yeah. know? You're, you're, you're out there, and you feel like they weren't really pressing the issue. Yeah. They're just kind of hum, ho-humming down the field. I don't know if that's play calling. Um, I don't know if it's if it's a bit more on Kessler, but, I mean, he's... Well, and a young player that probably isn't ready to be in the game yet. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't a super high pick. Um, you know, he's... I'm sure... They would have liked to have Deshaun Kaiser out there the entire season, but right. he I, came in and replaced them. I think Kessler's a guy out. that could, if Bortles goes down, could manage the team for a couple games. Oh yeah, I mean he's still learning the offense. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's a guy that has the potential to be one of the better backups in the league. And I I feel like his style of play is very conducive to what the Jaguars want to do. I mean they want to run the ball. They're fine with short, intermediate passes because those I think move they would like move, to stretch the field more this year. Chains. But it moves the chains with that defense, with that running game. I think Kessler is a guy that he's not going to turn the ball over too many times. Yeah, he's going to complete the easy passes. That sounds like that sounds like a Doug Marone team. Yeah, so I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, he has shown some nice chemistry with players like DJ Shark and Rashad Green. Backups right now. Um, yeah, so definitely, I don't think Blake Bortles is in any danger. Yeah, at least from these two. Now Tanner Lee, he was a six-round pick in 2018 April, uh, six foot four, 218 pounds. He's the definition of a project quarterback. Very rough around the edges. Decent athlete, very big arm. I mean, there's throughout some of his games and workouts with teams and even workouts since the Jaguars started doing OTAs in minicamp where he just shows like insane talent. Mm-hmm. He has, he's shown the ability to make insane touch throws in the end zone. He's shown, I mean, he connected on a deep ball seemingly every practice for the Jaguars so far, but then you see all the other plays and you're like, what's going on? What is this guy? <laughs> Why is this punter taking quarterback snaps? Right. So, <laughs> He's a guy that is definitely a long shot to make the team, but I think the Jaguars took him because of a lot of the traits he shows, which is, again, big arm, and ability to throw touch passes. 
six foot four, two eighteen, prototype quarterback size. And he's a guy where it's win win for the Jaguars. If he comes in, outplays Tanner Lee or outplays um, Cody Kessler, which I don't think there's any I don't way think he's going is. to, then he happens to be your number two guy. If he doesn't, I, I do not feel comfortable with that idea. That it, it would just be what he proved throughout the preseason and training yeah. camp and everything. But if he doesn't do that, then you probably can stash him pretty safely on the practice squad. I don't think, unless a team runs into some serious quarterback yeah. injury issues, I don't think anybody's going to snag him from your practice squad. And that's even if you want to keep him on the practice squad. I don't know if they will. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a team that is probably top to bottom the most talented team in the NFL, you could maybe argue for a couple other teams, the Eagles, uh, but maybe the Vikings. Sixth and seventh round picks, a lot of times they're not going to make the team. Yeah. I think it would be good to keep him on the practice squad because of the potential he has shown. I agree. Not only in college, but since being in Jacksonville. But uh, I wouldn't be upset at all if the Jaguars let him go. Like I was upset when the the Jaguars let Brandon um, Allen go. Yeah. And immediately he was snatched up by the Rams, but... We'll see how that goes. Scott, what's your overall feeling on the on the quarterback room? Coaches, quarterbacks? I like the coaches. I think Nathaniel Hackett did really good things with what he had last year. I think the passing game was much better than it should have been. Um, and I think that might be due in part to the people we're about to talk about. Mostly to about the people we're talking about. I think just the relationship he had with Blake Bortles over what Greg Olson had was huge. Actually, talking to your quarterbacks tends to help, apparently. Interesting. Um, I think he had some very good games, called games, throughout that year. There were some where, I mean, they're 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 never all going to be perfect. There's some that I feel like he could have done a bit better on. I questioned it. But for the most part, I think he did a really good job just just game planning, you know, in situational play calling, I did. I think he did great. Um, the quarterbacks, there's a lot of room for optimism with Blake Bortles building. I'm gonna give it, like you said, we talked about it, a B minus, right around there. Yeah, we're on the same page it's, there. It's not a C, I don't think. I think because, you could easily say a C plus or B minus. Yeah, it's in that range. I would say it's a. I would say it's a bit. It's getting pulled up because of what he did. In that stretch in December, he was the best quarterback in football and, and in the from playoffs. What he's, yeah, playoffs and from what he's done so far this offseason. He's looked like he's had command of the offense, Blake yeah. Bortles. Uh, he looks like he knows the offense much better. And it, it looks like he's a leader on the team. Which, that's definitely not something you could say entering last season. When, at this time, people were questioning quite a bit about if he was even going to be the starter. And then, he actually... They opened up the quarterback competition going into last season. People forget that so quickly. Going yeah. into week three of the preseason, we didn't know if Blake Portals was going to be the starter week one. Yeah. And his competition was Chad Henney. Yeah. That's, he, he even, Chad Henney was even announced the starter for the second preseason game. Yeah. That's it's rough. But, obviously last season gave you a lot of room for optimism. The end of last season and what's been going on so far this offseason... So yeah, I think the solid a solid grade of a B minus is fair. 
I think if you talk to more national media people, you'd be getting a CC plus. But I think uh, Cody Kessler, I think, is going to be a lot better than a lot of backups in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would rather have him than Chad Haney. Rather have him than a lot of other guys. Um, certainly, there's some veteran backups that might be better suited this year to come in. But when you look at a guy that doesn't turn the ball over, that completes easy passes in this in this system, I think that works. He's no Blaine Gabbert, but I'll take him. <laughs> Isn't he? In Shout out to the that? Titans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Tanner Lee, he's just there. I mean, he's a project. I don't think that he impacts the grade either way. See what you got with him. Yeah. So a solid B minus. Um, one thing I would like to see with the quarterbacks and offense as a whole, I'd like to see more run pass option, which we saw quite a bit last year. Because I think now with the addition of Andrew Norwell, with the improvement that Cam Robinson should see, having Brandon Lender and Jeremy Parnell, potentially Will Richardson, having Austin Severian Jenkins, Niles Paul, James O'Shaughnessy, having all these other receivers that we're about to get into that there's a lot you can do with the RPOs. Like when you're running RPOs, you have to be able to do multiple things out of them. Mm -hmm. I think the Jaguars could be able to be very versatile in their RPOs. That's interesting. You mentioned that. There was actually a video, I think on the Jaguars social media site or on the website of Nathaniel Hackett talking with Jeff Lagerman. About RPOs, in fact. Okay. Talking about how, in the especially in the Patriots game, they called a bunch of them, and he's like, "I'll call it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on that play. (laughs) Every single time you could pass it, you could hand it off to Leonard Fournette or um, Corey Grant. What seemed to be a common theme every single time they talked about him, they say Corey Grant. We love him being able to be out of the backfield, line him up wide for as as kind of a screen type option." Off the RPO, um, it's going to be exciting. I mean, it it makes that much more hesitation on the defense to where any split second you draw them one way and you can react to what they're doing. Right. I'd also like to see some more three wide receiver sets. I mean, yeah, that's clearly been Blake Bortles' strong suit throughout his career. Every season, his numbers are best out of three wide receiver sets. Just continue to. Work it, and uh, you know, you don't want teams to key in on the three wide receiver sets. Obviously, you want to do different route combinations. You want to hand the ball off out of three wide receiver sets. Keep teams honest, but I would like to see more of both of those things because I think you have the ability with your improved offensive line, with your improved tight ends, with your improved wide receivers, to be multiple from each set. And I and I think be going out of something like that, that Austin Sverry and Jenkins could have a huge impact. Absolutely. About creating mismatches, especially when you're stretching the field like that. Yeah, I'm with you. We're 56 minutes in here. Let's go ahead and get to our wide receiver positional preview. We talked about the quarterbacks for almost half an hour. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, The wide receivers are coached by Keenan McCardell, who I think has quickly become one of the best wide receiver coaches in football. His passion for the game, I think, is unparalleled. Uh, I think... He was never the most talented receiver, and he worked and worked and worked and worked for everything he got as a wide receiver. And he kind of uh, he kind of helped out a lot of guys throughout his career that came in under him, like Vincent Jackson. 
Yeah. Jimmy Smith wasn't necessarily younger than him, but Jimmy Smith was better because of Keenan McCardell. Yeah. Um, in terms of work ethic, route running, everything. Everything about the wide receiver position. And I think that really showed last season when he was able to get what he got out of guys like Keelan Cole, Jaden Mickens, and uh, the rest of the ragtag crew that the Jaguars had to throw out there because of injuries at wide receiver. It was just a laundry list of rookie and second-year players. Mm-hmm. I mean, their top three wide receivers. They weren't even like highly touted for the most part. Yeah, it was an undrafted free agent, a fourth-round pick. Who super talented should fourth be, round pick. Should have been high. And a super talented undrafted free agent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Um, a, a guy who was just dying to have a workout somewhere got brought in. Jaden Mickens. Yep. Um, Marquise Lee was really the only one of the big three that had some that was healthy for most of the yeah. most of the way. And he was battling injuries all season. He, yeah, he like he toughed it out. He toughed it out like every game. He barely practiced last year. Yeah, uh, so. I think Keenan McCardle has already proven himself to be just a fantastic wide receiver coach. And I think you could say that he's better than what Jerry Sullivan did. Yeah. A legend in his own right. Right. Jerry Jerry Sullivan Sullivan is considered, like, you're a legendary wide receiver coach. And he was here for a number of years. And I already think Keenan McCardle has just proven himself. And I and I I think it just le- lends itself to have much more of an impact this year, right? Because you should have more yeah. talent on the field this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. And let's get into that talent. We have Marquise Lee, at least I do, projected as the number one receiver mm-hmm. entering training camp. That could obviously change, but uh, he's a guy that Bortles again said was his favorite receiver to throw to. Um, He's the only receiver from the 2014 class still on the team. Both Allens joined new teams. Allen Robinson's in Chicago. Allen Hearns is in Dallas. Marquise turns 27 in November, so he's still a young guy. He's not like old and or long in the tooth or anything like that. He still has room to grow. He's got a good, not great combination of size and speed. Excellent at catching the tough balls last season. He made some fantastic catches. But uh really did struggle to catch some of the easy passes last year. He put the most balls on the ground of any receiver in the NFL last year. He led the league in drops. Now, despite a lot of the criticism with the drops, he was really good on third down overall last year. He had one of the best catch percentages and first down percentage of any receiver on third down last season. Um, But going back to him struggling to catch some easy balls, against the Cardinals... And Jets, he dropped balls that could have won the Jaguars the game. Or at least set the Jaguars up to win the game. Against the Chargers, he did that again, but the Jaguars, thanks to A.J. Boye and some other impressive defensive plays, were able to pull that game out in overtime. So that's three games that he really negatively impacted late in the game. you got to have more consistency late in the game from him and from Blake Bortles if the Jaguars offense wants to take a, take a step forward this year. Um, he, like Blake Bortles, hasn't had much consistency in terms of your offensive coordinator. Uh, so this year will be his first season as well, 
having the same offensive coordinator as the season before. So he should be very comfortable with the Jags' offensive system. He should be very comfortable with Blake Bortles. He worked out with him this offseason, and they continue to work together uh, throughout uh, minicamp and OTAs. I think he should have the best season of his career if he stays healthy and focused. Doug Marone did bring up complacency when asked about Marquise Lee during OTAs. Where do you stand on Marquise Lee? I wasn't a big proponent of bringing him back. Um, I put all my eggs in the Allen Robinson basket, and I thought... As most of us did. Yeah, I thought Marquise Lee was an expendable commodity. I think his contract is large. I think he has... But not crippling. No, no. It's it's manageable. Um, He has a lot to prove. I mean, he makes difficult catches look easy. And he makes easy catches look downright impossible sometimes. Yeah. Um, he had two, I think it was two interceptions off of his foot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's always had some really unfortunate situations with interceptions. Yeah, it's a lot of drop, batted passes in the air or foot off the foot. Or He needs to be consistent. He needs to get better. Um, if he continues where he's at... He's not worth the contract that they signed him for. Um, I think right now, he probably is the best wide receiver on the roster. By the end of the year, I don't think he should be. I agree with that 100%. I'm hoping that there's like three guys that yeah. are able to jump him. Yeah. But at the same time, he does have potential still. Yeah, he. I mean... You get rid of his league lead and drops last year and you're talking about... A guy that you're probably pretty impressed with. Yeah, I mean he's he's got talent. Every like he's got talent out out the wazoo. It's just the hands need to be consistent. Um, he's been health hasn't been as much of an issue lately. Right. Um, he's been on the field, and that's the biggest thing. But perhaps if he was more healthy last year, sure. he played. I believe every game. But he was injured. Yeah. He was battling injuries. And it was almost out of like, hey, Marquise, we, we, we need you to do this. Yes, you got to play. Without you, There's you're nothing. bare bones, dude. <laughs> right. So he's number one right now. Definitely potential to slide. Dante Moncrief, offseason addition from Indianapolis. I would like to see him become the number one receiver. I've talked extensively about him on the show before. Mm-hmm. I think he has the ability to become a number one receiver, not just for the Jaguars, but a number one type receiver that you talk about around the league. 6'2", 220 pounds, and legit 4'4 speed. That is a really nice combo of size and speed. Um, He can make every catch on the field. He makes all the highlight reel catches you want. He can get wide open. I mean, there's plenty of plays you see him in. He has no one within 15 yards of him when the ball is thrown. And uh, he's struggled to stay healthy just like Marquise Lee, more so recently than Marquise Lee. Over the last two seasons, he's really struggled to stay healthy. And uh, he's struggled without having Andrew Luck throwing him the football. And I mean, who wouldn't when you have a Dan Orlovsky and a Jacoby Brissett? And, I mean, you, you can like Jacoby Brissett, but he's, he was a work in progress last season, yeah. without a doubt. Um, Moncrief's already shown some really good chemistry with Bortles. Uh, he can catch the ball short, make guys miss. He can go deep. 
uh, and great, great separation. I think he is a number one type receiver if he can stay healthy. And there's no, there's no proof that he should be able to stay healthy. But if he could, at only 24 years old with four years of experience and a lot of experience with Andrew Luck, he's played in the playoffs. Like This is a guy that could be a number one receiver in the NFL. I love his measurables. Um, I love what he is capable of. He's always been a guy to me who is always just a guy. I've never been blown away, never been blown away by him. Um, he was always one of those guys, and I know fantasy football isn't football, but I always tend to include that in my opinion of a player. And obviously, look at other things. But everyone talks about, oh, you know, Moncrief, Moncrief, he's got so much talent. And I'm like, I don't see it. When you look at some of the plays he's able to make, he it does. Truly he does, impressive. But it's, it's, those, are, those seem to be few and far between. I mean, he had a good season where he had, I believe, 10 touchdowns, which is it's a great season. Um, I would just, I'd like, I'd like to really be able to watch him for a full season. I do not commit myself. To watching Colts games, I wouldn't put myself through that. <laughs> Who would? But I want. I'm. I'm not 100 sold on this guy becoming a number one. Um, I think the. I don't think the, anyone should be 100 sold. Yeah. But I think the ability is there to do it. And I think I think Moncrief and and uh, Lee could be a one A one B kind of guy yeah. where they're they're both playing at a consistent level. Um, I just don't know if he's really going to run away with it. Yeah. Now let's get to two rookies from 2017. Mm-hmm. Keelan Cole, I believe, should be the number three receiver entering camp. Yeah, definitely. This is a guy 6'1", 195 pounds, could definitely stand to put some weight on, but I don't know if he can carry it just mm-hmm. with his frame. But undrafted free agent out of Kentucky, Wesleyan, he's shined in training camp and preseason big time. Due to injuries to Robinson, Hearns, others, Rashad Green, uh, he was forced into the lineup early in the year last season and really struggled for a bit. Midway through the season, he really came on. <laughs> he ended up leaving, leading the Jaguars in receiving yards. Among players that caught 40 passes, he had the second highest yards per catch, 17.8 yards per catch. He had some monster plays down the field in terms of just burning defenses, uh, beating zones. He also was able to show the potential to make the spectacular catch yes. several times. Golly. I mean, his his catch going across the middle against the Bengals. Yes. Oh, the one-handed Spider-Man yeah. grab. Yeah, that is just crazy. And then the fingertip grab against the Seahawks for right. the 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, as he mm. burned yeah. Earl Thomas. Um, in my opinion, he has star potential. But he's got to keep building off last season. I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to get complacent. But is there a ceiling? I don't know. I think he definitely has the ability to be a big-time playmaker in this offense. Absolutely. I mean, he's to me, he's got as good a chance as anybody. Because look, look at what he did in three quarters of a season. I mean, the first few games, he might as well not have been on the field. Right. But, I mean, he had a huge preseason, which carried into the regular season. And, I mean, he's got speed. He's got the hands. He can run routes, you know, pretty well. 
Keenan McCardle. Yeah. Needs if if he can just keep getting his uh his route running up from Keenan, I think the this, sky's the limit. This wide receiver room is from the outside looking in, looks innocent. So much potential. But there is potential. The, the ceiling on this is bananas. And in my mind, this group, out of all the position groups on the Jaguars roster, has the biggest gap between the, most the ceiling and the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Now getting to our projected fourth receiver, D.D. Westbrook. And this is entering camp. Uh, small in stature, six foot. That's not tiny, but 180 pounds. That's a little alarming. Uh, he hasn't really looked like a guy that doesn't belong on the NFL field in terms of size. Like He doesn't seem like he's about to just get demolished by everyone yeah. that hits him. I think he does a good job at avoiding big hits, so I think that could help him out. He was drafted by the Jaguars in the fourth round of the 2017 draft after he saw his stock plummet due to uh, some off-field issues despite being named the nation's top receiver and winning the Bolitnikoff Award in 2016. Uh, he showed flashes throughout the 2017 training camp. And there's no debate. He was the best wide receiver in the NFL preseason last year. Yeah. He was, was the ridiculous. best receiver. Uh, he suffered an abdomen injury that held him out the first nine games of the season, but he came on late and played a big role down the stretch. He has the ability to play inside or outside. He creates separation naturally with... Really rare quickness and agility. I don't think he has the best top speed, but his quickness and agility, I think, are really... When he gives you that little shimmy, you're go- you're not going to stick He's with him. He's very elusive. Uh, he has excellent hands. He showed the ability to make some really impressive catches throughout his college career and with the Jaguars. And he's got my favorite dance celebration. Which is? It's the one against the Seattle game where he kind of winds himself up. And then just starts doing the back kick and while he's running and oh, yeah. plays. It is uh, it quite the sight to see. I don't know what it was, it. but I love it. Um, uh, he's another guy like Keelan, a young guy. If he works his craft and really falls in with what Keenan's teaching yeah. out there, I think the sky's the limit. And he has potential to win the return job. Yeah. Punt, punt return, kick return. Him and the fifth guy on this list are really going to battle it out. Um, that, up next, we have DJ Chark. I mean, you knew this name was coming. Yep. You might not have thought it'd be this low, but going into training camp, it's going to be much harder to work his way up than a lot of people think. Because yeah, D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole are not just going to give him this job. If, if DJ Chark puts up a season like Keelan Cole did last year, that's a good season. Great. I mean, I mean that's, that's a solid, uh, that's, solid season. You'd like to avoid the early season struggles. I'm just that talking about numbers. Out, but total numbers, I mean, if you're looking at DJ Chark, he has, uh, you know, the amount of over 40 catches, over 700 yards, and over 17.8 yards per catch, you're going to be thrilled. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a second-round pick out of LSU, six foot three, 200 pounds, lightning fast, 4'3 speed. And I almost think his biggest impact might not even be catching the ball this year. Yeah. If he can open up defenses and just make them respect the deep ball, which by all accounts he should be able to, that if there was one skill that you took away from watching his tape at LSU, it is the ability to get deep. And it just drags a safety out of the box. Right. Absolutely. And even if he's not... Even if the safety's in the box, he's like, oh, DJ Chark's over there. Yeah. 
that guy's over there. So beyond that, though, uh, he's uh, had an excellent catch radius so far in Jacksonville with 6'3", with really good leaping ability. You would imagine he would, but that's not really something that was talked about as much coming out of college. Everybody just focused on his tape, what he did at LSU, which is run the nine route, run a go route. But he has the ability to uh, make a quarterback's life a lot easier just tossing the ball up and DJ Chark being able to go get it with his great catch radius. Um, his numbers at L- LSU suffered due to the offensive scheme and a poor quarterback play. But uh, he's already shown off in Jacksonville and OTAs in minicamp the ability to make plays in the intermediate passing game and down the field. Um, his hands were a bit of a question mark coming out, and he does kind of catch the ball awkwardly sometimes for a wide receiver, but he's shown no signs of having an issue with dropping the ball. You want guys to make their the hands catches, and sometimes he lets the ball get into his body. I've noticed that. But you have not seen that affect things yet. It could down the line. But uh, so far it hasn't been an issue. And he's had a high level of professionalism shown since day one. When he came in with his... Uh, First press conference, he was just really polite, really well-mannered. Seems like a guy that's really going to be a good professional. Um, he has the potential to take the top off the defense, like we said. If if you can force defenses not to stack the box against Leonard Fournette in this offensive line, whew. A couple guys that can run 4-3, four, 4-4. Four, four. Right. you got Moncrief that can run 4-4, four, four, Keelan Cole, and then <laughs> DJ Chark running a 4-3. D.D. Westbrook is... Fast. Marquis Lee is fast. Uh, this wide receiver group has some real potential. And this is the guy that I think really could, by the end of the season, compete to be basically the top guy. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. He's got all the talent in the world. This, to me, is just a placeholder just because we haven't really seen him. Right. And they're not going to give him anything. He's going to have yeah. to work for it. And right now, he has not earned the. He hasn't earned beyond number five, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's beat out some guys that aren't slouches. You know, Absolutely. they make some big plays on this team. Absolutely. Now, uh, when you're looking at fringe guys to make the team at the wide receiver position, there's several guys beyond what we're going to talk about. But the three guys we have here really can compete for the return job. Jaden Mickens was on the roster last year after the injuries. Uh, he played really well when called upon. He had a punt return touchdown. Had a couple receiving touchdowns, 5'11", 170 pounds. That does not help. Uh, that's scary. You're looking at <laughs> yeah. looking at one big hit away. But he's only going to make the team as a punt return specialist. Yeah. Oh. Rashad Green, same thing. He was considered by many to have more potential than Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Marquise Lee earlier in his career. But injuries and inconsistent play derailed his career. Uh, and he suffered through some injuries in the 2016 season, and then he had the dropsies at at punt return, and you just can't have that. So, uh, And then, of course, he missed all of last season with an injury. It's an uphill battle for him, but he's been really impressive so far in OTAs and minigames. Like, probably the most standout guy so far. To be honest, I've cut him so many times. Yeah. That I forgot he was on the team. Yeah. Just in my head, I'm like, oh, he's gone. And then my last guy I think has a 
really probably doesn't even have a chance, but you'll love him because he's been a standout at times in past training camps. Shane Wynn, yeah. he's just been a baller. He also has potential to win their turn job. He's only five foot six, 170 pounds. But would you rather have a guy that's five foot six, 170 pounds at punt return, or five foot eleven, 170 pounds at punt return? He's he given up five inches on <laughs> yeah. on Jaden Mickens, but he's got this the same weight. Clearly, he's thicker. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't think any of these guys are making the team. I think they're gonna roll with five, assuming everyone stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, especially with the extreme depth that they have on both lines of scrimmage. In my opinion, you keep as many guys as you can at those yeah. at offensive and defensive line mm-hmm. because, A, you have the most talent at those two, in my opinion, on the team outside of a couple of – maybe you might be able to argue that cornerback or deep, the DB room in general mm-hmm. has more talent. But outside of that, I think you're looking at offensive line, defensive line as the most talented groups on the team. Absolutely. And um, – those are both groups where you, defensive line, you need that rotation, mm-hmm. keep guys fresh. Offensive line, they struggled with injuries last year. You want to keep guys like um, like Josh Wells, like Tyler Shatley. You've got Will Richardson, who's a rookie. He's not going anywhere. That's three backups right there that you're keeping on the offensive line yeah. combined with five starters. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're – you're really not looking, in my opinion, to be keeping a lot of extra guys at some other positions like wide receiver, running back, cornerback, linebacker, etc. But uh, how do you feel overall with this group? I know we've said really high ceiling, really potentially low floor. What do we think? I think looking at – I'm going to give it a B. I have a little bit more confidence in them than probably overall than I do the quarterback room. Because the quarterback room is basically just being buoyed by Blake Bortles, which which would have been weird to say last year. (laughs) Um, I think overall, one through five, you can swap them however you want to do it. It doesn't really hurt you that much. I think there's a very, they all play at a very high level. Um, it seems like each one of these guys has shown the ability to be a starter. Yeah, and that's what makes me feel very confident about it because, I mean, if any of these one guys, or if any of these guys are in on a play, you're not like, oh, God. Right. Oh, well, don't throw it to this guy. So you're going <laughs> to get all a B. Yeah, it might be a little bit high, but I, it's more for me when you have your second-round rookie as right now being the fifth-best wide receiver on this team. That shows, that shows exactly what we think of the other guys. Right. It's not a knock on DJ Chark. It's not just one bit. these guys have proven and blown out expectations over the past year. All except, I mean, what's funny is like you say that D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole probably exceeded expectations as rookies. Mm-hmm. But Marquise Lee and Dante Moncrief hasn't exceeded expectations lately. But if they stay healthy... That could yeah. be very good, very good targets. Um, I think overall with depth, you really like what you've got. You don't have an elite receiver here yet. Yeah. Keelan Cole has the potential to be an elite receiver. D.D. Westbrook, maybe. D.J. Chark definitely has potential to be an elite receiver. Dante Moncrief, you could argue either way. 
Marquise Lee you probably don't think is ever going to be truly elite. But uh, I'm going to give this group a floor of a C-. minus. Yeah. And, I mean, when you're looking at the rest of the groups around the league, I think ceiling of a B plus. Yeah. I think they could be really good. I think they could also really struggle. Yeah. I mean, if I'm assuming that taking from last year and they move, then they take a step forward. Which I was pleasantly surprised last year. Yeah. And they should be better. I mean, D.D. Westbrook played, what, eight games? Seven um, games? Yeah. Um, Keelan Cole was his first season. Got a full season Massive of jump yeah. from, you know, Division two all the way up yeah. to the NFL level. I agree with you. I think they should make the jump, but I think there's a possibility that they don't. You know, if Moncrief gets injured, Lee gets injured, or one of the other guys gets injured, you're starting to look at potentially not having a stellar group. But we'll see what happens. I think all five of those guys could make a big, good impact for the team next year. Um, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery, the one only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast. Find them online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery, boldcitybrewery.com. Um, we really appreciate all, all of our listeners. If you could please give us a review on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud. Both of those greatly help us out. Check out our website, ginjack.com, for all the latest ad-free Jaguars news analysis podcast videos from UCF Jaguar. And uh, just continue to ride on this uh, dead period with us. Our next groups that we will be covering will be running back, fullback, by extension of running back, tight end, and we might also be able to get into offensive line. We might get all of those in in the next episode. Uh, We'll see how, how it goes, if there's any news going on or what's up. But we appreciate everyone listening. We hope you have a great weekend, Duval, and go Jags. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.